hunger, your thirst? What do you crave? What are you consuming in your life? What am I craving? I'm going to start right off with the word of God. It says this in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will, they shall be <laughs> definitively, <laughs> they shall be filled. Oh, Father, we, we come to you and we want understanding. We're asking you for understanding of what this means because we want to be filled. We want to be satisfied in you, God. We want to have an appetite for the things of you, of your kingdom, Lord. So, Lord, would you stir, would you renew hunger where we have gone way off the path? Lord, would you help us to come back? Would you stir our hunger again, new levels? I declare that over our school today, new levels of hunger for the things of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I want to say this right off that every single one of us was created by our creator to have a hunger. We all worship all the time, whether it's we worship God or we worship the things of this world. It's not even a question today if you will worship. Can I say that again? It's not even a question like, will you worship? The question is, what will you worship? Because every person in this room, shown by the time that we spend, the way we use our resources, we worship all the time, every day. So the question is not if you will worship, but what, what will you hunger for? It's a hunger. What are you going to try to satisfy your soul with? Just going to be a, give you a quick three thoughts on this. Number one, Based on that scripture that we just read, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Number one, if we will not cultivate a hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will not be filled. I mean, it's, it's not hard to figure that out from the scripture, right? It's, it's, not, it's not like I went, wow, Jeff, you really saw something there. Like, it's there, but it's very humbling and it's deep. It's poignant for us this morning because I think everyone here longs to be filled. Everybody in this room is a hunger. Everyone wants to be filled. Other, other translations say satisfied. We're looking for satisfaction. We're looking for love. We're looking for something to fill us. But the Bible is clear. It says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. And I can also say from that scripture, you will also be blessed. It says, blessed are those. Right? So filled and blessed, you will be if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. But filled and blessed, do I dare say it? Like, you will not be. We will not be if we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. How do we do that? What does that even mean, right? We chase after every other desire, and yet we refuse to seek God. We refuse to look to him to fill us, even though that is the only thing. He is the only thing that can fill us. I was reading in Romans 10, verse 21. It says this. He says this of the Israelites, but I think this still remains true of his church, of us. Romans 10, 21 says, but regarding Israel, God said, 
Think of this. This is, this is our Father in heaven. He says, I long, I, all day long, I open my arms to them. But they were disobedient and rebellious. All day long, God is opening his arms to you. What is your response? All day long, he is opening his arms to North Central University. He's opening his arms, and yet we're running here, and we're running there, trying to find something to satisfy us, to satisfy our hunger. So how do we increase our hunger for God? It's a super simple principle. Whatever you consume is what you're going to crave. I've shared this before, but this is, this is incredibly important for your life. This is what it means to live by faith instead of by feelings. Because whatever you consume, see, we believe it's the opposite, that we must consume whatever it is we crave. Well, we have these cravings, we must consume it. But that's not the way it works. Like if you have a craving for a McDonald's hamburger, sorry to do that to you right now, it's because you've consumed McDonald's hamburgers. That's how you develop a craving for McDonald's hamburger. You don't just have it and then you go get it. You actually have had it, so therefore it, it stirs up a hunger in you. And you say, well, God, well, you, say, you say, well, Jeff, well, the Bible's boring. Yeah, I know, because you don't consume it. You have no craving for it. You don't have a craving for it because you refuse to consume it. You say, Jeff, I don't like vegetables. It's because you don't eat vegetables. I'm just saying you can actually, it's a scientific fact that you can change your palate. Come on, there's a physical palate and there's a spiritual palate. And you're like, I don't know, Jeff, I don't know. Okay, let's talk about coffee. How did you learn to love coffee? Come on, the very first time you had black coffee, you spit that stuff out, right? That's some nasty stuff. But now, because you, you said, I want to be, be on the in crowd. Everybody else loves coffee. So you, 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 what did you do? You acquired a taste for coffee because you began to consume it, even maybe when you didn't like it. You changed your palate, and now you crave it maybe too much. Maybe I crave it too much. I don't know. Um, but we can stir up. We can change our spiritual palate. We can change our physical palate to, to desire, to hunger. Come on, do you want to hunger for God? I believe everybody in this room wants to hunger for God. It's just that many of us don't know how to. It doesn't just happen by lightning strike. If you come to the altar and say, Lord, hit me. I mean, he can. But he's asking you to consume him. What does that look like? Not just at chapel, but in your daily life. What does it look like to consume God, to acquire a taste I don't like to sing. It's because you don't sing. It's not even about singing. It's about giving worship. What I say earlier, make a joyful noise. I don't care if you sing in pitch. I don't care if you sing in rhythm. I don't care if you clap on the right beat. I just want you to make a joyful noise because he loves you. All day long, he's opening his arms to you. And you're like, yeah, Lord, no thanks. All day long, your creator is saying, I love you. I'll, I want to be in fellowship with you. And we're like, ah, I'm too busy. Got too much stuff to do, Lord. Later, I'll come back to you. Lord, help us. Number two, we literally have the wellspring of life 
living on the inside of us, right? I mean, you know the story of the woman at the well, right? I mean, we, we preach on that a lot, but we miss sometimes what it actually says about us. There's two verses I want to highlight. Number one, verse 10 says, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who, come on, it's a person of God, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you what? What? Living water. Then in verse 13, it says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty. Again, come on, we're drinking the wrong water, guys. We're drinking the water. We're, we're drinking the water believing it's going to satisfy, believing it's going to fill us, and it doesn't. It's not meant to. What water are you drinking? Where's your thirst? It says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes a lane to walk. Anybody know this song? <laughs> and the blind to see. What else does it do? Opens prison doors, sets the cap. Is free. What do you have? I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. And make me. Oh, come on, Ellen, me and you. <laughs> and give to me that life. Abundantly. Man, think of that. You have the wellspring. The Bible says it right there, right? It says, whoever will drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You know what it says your, your role is right there? Your role is not to fill yourself. Your role is not to satisfy yourself. Your, your role is to drink. That's what it says, right? What does it say? It says, but those who drink. So you're either drinking from the well of Jesus or you're not. You're drinking from some other well. Those who drink. I love Revelation 22, 17. It says, there's the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely. Come on, the water's free. <laughs> Maybe that's why some people don't drink. That doesn't cost me anything. Well, it actually does. Because when you're drinking that water, you can't be drinking other water. I got people drinking out of two jugs at one time, <laughs> trying to put them both down. World, God, you're trying to put them both down. It can't happen. Number three, we cannot feed both our appetite for the world and our appetite for God. Right? You're drinking out of both jugs. You guys know this stuff, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love this world. Do not crave 
this world, right? Do not love this world nor the things it offers. For when you love or crave the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. We've got to come to a point, North Central University, where we change our appetite by consumption. That's our role. Change what we consume. It says, if you, for when you love the, the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. What do we long for? What do we long for? What do we hunger for? These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. All the stuff we crave is fading. And we're trying to satisfy ourselves with it. I mean, trust me, this, I preach it to myself. Help us, Lord. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Joshua 24 Choose you this day. Yeah. Choose what you're going to drink. You got choice. It's time for us guys to stop trying to drink from both springs. And I really believe, I actually was meeting with our worship team at Celebration Church where I attend. And I just asked him, I said, I'm going to be preaching on this message, hunger and thirst. And I, I, I just want you guys to help me preach this message. Like, talk to me about this hunger and thirst thing. And somebody said, man, at the end of the day, it comes down to repentance. Really, it does. And that's what revival comes down to. Right? Because you can't say, I mean, it's what the Israelites did. The Israelites, the Bible says that the Israelites worshiped God and Molech. Hey, we're worshiping God. We're worshiping God. Yeah, but you're worshiping Molech, too. God of sexual immorality. We have to let go of all those things. So I want to provide a space up here right now for us to come and make it right. Remember, your job is not to get rid of your sin. Your job is to consume God. Your role is to con Don't work really hard to stop sinning. Don't try to get rid of your appetite for the things of this world. Increase your appetite for the things of God. If you will spend time with God, the world, the appetite, you'll be like, the world has nothing to offer me anymore. Oh, I'll increase my appetite for God. I don't want to. I'm not ready, Jeff. I'm not ready to get this foot out of the world and put it all into God. It's time. Can we, can we stop? trying. And, I, and that was the other thing that they said to me when we were talking about this is that, and I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's a young generation thing. I think some of us old people do the same thing, you know, but there is a belief in this world today that we can have both because we're like, thank goodness for God's grace. Oh, man. Luke 3, 8 says this, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Well, that sounds like works. No, it's not works to get saved, but because you are saved, you can do the good works of God. It's, you got it backwards, right? Even in Acts 12, 26, 20, Paul preaches, I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. 
See, if you have repented and you have said you're a follower of Christ, but you are not living for Christ, then it proves that you did not get saved. You did not give your heart to Christ. Oh, Jeff, are you preaching perfection? Nope. 1 John 2, 1 says, I write these things so that you will not sin, but if you sin. Not when you sin, but if you sin. So if your life is, oh, I'm just human, I just, no, you're a new creation. You've been changed. You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've got the wellspring of God alive in you. Romans chapter 8 says you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Some of you live like you're obligated to sin. Come on, you're not. That's a lie from the enemy. Well, that's what it is, right? I'm just forgiven. I see that post all the time. I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven. Bro, what about being empowered? <laughs> Are you empowered? Come on, that's the, that's the other half of the gospel that no one talks about. Come on, the first half of the gospel is I've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And my whole past is washed away. But guess what? I've also been empowered by the Spirit. Jesus said, I got two things I want to do. I died and I rose again. Then I left and I sent you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come on, we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Come down like you said you would. Well, it's really, we need to receive like we should. Because he's pouring out. Will we stand all over this place? Come on, let's stand. I know some of you have to go. That's fine. But if we could take a few moments, now is the time. It's time to get rid of. Let's just go ahead and start coming to the altar. Let's come as we pray. Father, we just come to you right now. And we say we're done with the things of this world. We want to change our appetite. We want to consume you. We want to begin to know you. We want to stop worshiping Molech and start worshiping you, God. We want to be both feet in the world. We want to put all of our eggs in your basket, God. We want to be completely yours. Holy Spirit, come fill us. I pray that you would baptize people afresh today in your Holy Spirit so that we can live empowered, so that we can overcome, so that we can truly be a light for this world, Lord. So many hurting people that don't know the goodness that you give us, Lord. All day long, your arms are open wide to us. Come on, somebody. All day long, his arms are open wide to you, and yet you sit with your arms crossed. Come, get on your knees. Come, accept his love, accept his forgiveness, and accept his empowerment. Let him change you. You are not the same. Come on, you are, you are a creature of God. You are a child of God, a son and daughter of God. Can we sing? Whatever's part of this song you guys want to sing. <laughs> and let's just begin to seek the Lord. Come on, let's seek the Lord.